Blog Talk Radio. Polish Magic. Polish Magic. Polish Magic. Polish Magic. What's up, partiers? What kind of night is it? What? Until my 35th birthday when I'll be eligible to run from the Fuss and Travis show. That's 2016. Let's just be a Fuzz, how you doing, man? I am live and in living color. Or uh, audio, I suppose. Travis, why don't you mute the TV over there, brah? I'm walking away from it currently. Um, there you go. Probably, probably best anyway. I'm gonna tell you right now, man. That new intro. I was dancing in the bedroom. It's something. It's something. It is something. Uh, What's up, partner? Kind of threw me off. I thought it, yeah, I thought it was the other intro, and then all of a sudden it wasn't. Yeah, I don't know what happened. It was supposed to play the the new one. It didn't, and I had to call an audible, and I decided to go with it. What's up, partiers? What kind of night is it? <laughs> Dude, don't don't mess with my feelings there, man, because I was getting ready to jam again. I'll tell you what. I mean, you hear it in that guy's voice. He wants to know. <laughs> What's up, partiers? What kind of night is it? I just love it. He wants Phenomenal. to know what kind, what of, kind night of night is, is it? It's the Republican debate night, uh, the 11th, I think, right? These guys are a bunch of losers. <laughs> oh yeah, I I don't know how you can I don't know how you can't look like a loser, you know? Ugh. And you're just getting you're getting jacked up. Am I the only television. one who thinks of Jimmy Stewart from It's a Wonderful Life every time that Kasich opens his mouth? Oh my goodness! Whoa. Well, he sees that, and then, and then Ted Cruz is like Ronald Reagan reborn. <laughs> it's like he's Ronald Reagan's creepy, retarded brother. Yeah, I'm like, like oh geez, here at? comes Ted Cruz again. All right, what crazy thing do you got to talk about today? To, oh, well, the last thing I heard him say was that Edward Snowden uh, committed treason. And I just thought, huh, well, that's completely 100% false. Ben tries to back up his, his evidence by saying he fled to Russia. Yeah, if I'm getting accused of treason, I'd probably leave as well. Unless you're Hillary Clinton. 
Yeah, unless you're and then you'd run for president. Yeah. <laughs> do what you gotta do. Then you would run for president. I called it from the get go. I said Donald Trump is running to get Hillary elected. Yeah, I mean that's totally possible. Totally possible. Oh, that's um, not true. I, I do well, think it's hilarious happening? that we and, and not to turn this into a Democrat bashing, but well, that's for a later show. But you know, I do find it hilarious that we're so politically correct that a guy who's not even really black can run as the first black president, get elected, and no one will go against him, even though his ideas are stupid. And we're so PC that a treasonous woman can run for president because if you stand against her, you're a sexist. In fact, if you don't vote for her, you're a sexist. And then the Republicans nominate the least politically correct person on the face of the planet. Just like, let's just deal in extremes. Let's get crazy here. Heck if I know, dude. Because what can a not is it? <laughs> Here's what I think, Buzz. As soon as the Republicans the their, their their president nominee, mm-hmm. and as soon as mm-hmm. the Democrats pick theirs, they should let you and I moderate the debate. Oh, man. That's an episode waiting to happen. Uh, the governor from Ohio, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, my name's John. It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> oh, that would go over. Mr. Trump, if you could define yourself, are you Ric Flair or are you a rock? What? 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 So Ben Carson's out? Uh, is this what I, uh, I'm i seeing? Yeah. He stepped out yesterday, I think. Oh, okay. Chase is still, I mean, still in it. I'm stunned. Yeah. Stunned. What, what, what is he doing there? <laughs> I mean, honestly, what is he doing there? What do you, yeah. Does anybody know? Well, he says his northern states are coming up, and he's going to sweep those. He's going to win Ohio. He's going to win all those. You know what? So. I figured out a few months ago why he's there. That's uh, I forgot about that. Ohio's a swing state. He's the governor of Ohio. I'll, uh, the Republicans think, well, maybe if we get Ohio, maybe he can go somewhere. Yeah. yeah. That would be why. I can't imagine a lot of people getting jacked for uh, John Kasich. Is it Kasich or Kasich? I've heard both. I don't know. I like to say Kasich. Who cares? You know, whatever. See that picture of uh, Chris Christie standing behind Donald Trump looking all <laughs> That's hilarious. regret-filled and uh, bewildered? Yeah. It, this may be the first president though we ha- ever have that is uh racially orange. Yeah. That uh, could be that's the thing is breaking barriers. We're going to get we're going to get a new something this time around, you know. Uh, although I don't know another. 
I don't know that we could say Bernie Sanders is the first democratic socialist to be president. He may be the first one. Heck if I know. Heck if I know. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. What else? Uh, poor Bernie. I loved Bernie on Seinfeld. Little George Costanza. <laughs> yes. I mean, seriously, George is running for president. What's up, partiers? What kind of night is it? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I love that so much. I know, right? <laughs> it's so unusual. What's up, partiers? What kind of night is it? What? <laughs> what? Have we done it to ourselves? Amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing. 
it's 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 something. I mean, I gotta say, I, I I saw from the beginning. I understood that he might appeal to people more than others realize, but I still can't say I predicted him going this far. Like to be this for it to be this serious for him to be beating everyone else badly is is surprising. When he, when he won Tennessee and Alabama, I was just like dumbfounded. I was like, <laughs> I mean, everybody I know. Everybody, of course, I work at a Christian school, private Christian school. All of them were like, "There's no way we're voting for Trump. Anybody but Trump. We're not voting for Trump. We've got to go Rubio or Cruz." You know, at the very least, it's like, wow. So different. I guess uh, I guess we were were pushing that thing on Facebook about if you vote for Ben Carson, you vote for Donald Trump. I guess that's yeah. I guess that's literal. Yeah. A little. Well, my favorite, the favorite thing about it to me was is the headline that when you know Donald Trump was in Madison on Sunday having a mu- huge rally uh, just down the road in Huntsville, and the the headline was three Trump, uh, you know I, I forget exactly what the headline was, but basically they went to the bathroom outside where everybody could see them. <laughs> If there's ever been a perfect uh, illustration for people who support Trump, it's the people that, you know, when you got to go, you got to go. You got to go. What's up, partiers? What kind of night is it? <laughs> That's Ben Carson. That's all I can tell. That is Ben Carson. <laughs> no, Ben Carson runs on stage, drops the dude. <laughs> What's Boom. up, partiers? What kind of night is this? Uh... Some guy on our Twitter feed said that he would vote for the per- first person to walk off the stage and say enough. Should I say enough? Sounds yeah. like a plan. <laughs> yeah. You enough. have my vote, sir. Drunk. Okay, let's take a quick – okay, I know there's only three of us, and I'm pretty sure I know how all of you feel, but I just want to want to just say, let's be honest, who really believes anybody's going to be Hillary? Like, truly believes somebody can be no. Hillary? No. Not gonna happen. She's gonna right? cheat. She's gonna cheat. Yeah, and it makes me feel, it makes oh, me feel oh, yeah. really stupid because I actually watch the debates and everything. But do I really believe that anybody's gonna be Hillary Clinton? I don't. Stockton, California. What's your opinion on this? Uh, well, I picked up mid conversation, and unfortunately, I, I've missed a good chunk of the debates because we were at uh, In and Out Burger. Uh, you missed nothing. In and Out Burger is far superior to the debate. Well, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> I am so glad to hear it. You know, um, of course, you know In and Out Burger is a great California burger chain, and uh, yeah, I had uh, St. Louis bread tonight. Uh, Panera to uh, to those of you outside of the St. Louis area. Mm-hmm. Guys, so, I, I, uh, but I, but I have, I have been, I have move. been. Huh? Go ahead, go ahead, Jemma. Well, I say I have been kind of keeping up with things. Uh, you know, the CNN and and other sources are sort of live tweeting the debates uh, while we were sitting in the car eating our In and Out burger. And uh, apparently, um, uh, you know, it's just been a big fiasco. <laughs> yeah. <pretty much. laughs> But it's I mean, been a shoot. I, you know, did did you did, did, did yeah, it is. It has. Did, did y'all see what I what I posted on Facebook earlier today about how I, I really think that there's because when I'm not calling him Trump anymore, he's drunk now. That's what we're supposed to call him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
but uh, the strategy that I that I thought really the other the other uh, candidates could use is just to be like you know if, if 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 this is pro wrestling now and they're just all they're all just you know it's work and they're all shooting on the you know some level. Then what somebody needs to do, I'm thinking Cruz, and he goes, you know, Donald, why don't we just take this outside? And he's like, you know, I mean, because, like, they both have Secret Service details, right? Like, so it's yeah. like at the end of the day, it's like, what are they going to do? Have the Secret Service details make them stop? You know? No, go tell their Secret Service details, hey, go grab a beer or something, and we'll take this outside. And then, Maybe they'll get and involved. Then, you know, it can, Maybe it'll be like a huh? WDX situation. Well, and it could be. That would be cool, too. But I'm thinking more just, you know, one of those great parking – one of those great Memphis or Dallas-style parking lot brawls. And then, you know, and yeah. if they really wanted – if they really – then Trump could juice hard way, you know. I got it. And uh, I got it. And, I got it. And, what? Even at, at even at 60 – what, 67 years old, you get, you get Ric Flair out there, you get Arn Anderson, and you break Donald Trump's leg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then and then Rick Horseman beat down. You know, Horseman huh? beat down. Yeah, and Rick Flair can start wearing a T-shirt that said "I broke Donald Trump's leg." You know. <laughs> yes. Oh wait, that that was that was Greg Valentine he used to do that. He would put him in a figure four fifty leg lock, and then yeah, he also did "I broke Tito's leg" too. I would like um, to point out that if if Donald Trump wins the presidency, we'll be going back. We'll go back and listen to this, saying these guys are going to hire a a group from the '80s, a wrestling group from the '80s, to break the president's leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, you know, you know what I've been really concerned about is the way that Secret Service has been handling reporters and and protesters at Donald Trump rallies, because that already tells me. Of course, he's already he's already gotten up and said, "I'm going to violate the First Amendment left and right." You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm really thinking because I heard and I, and, I also and most heard most of that, America seems to be okay with that. Yeah, and he's so he's he's violating he's violating the First Amendment now and using the Secret Service to do it. Like this is messed up. You know the Secret Service. Okay, SS these days, right? I guess under yes. under Hair Trump. Yeah, I'm I'm mad about uh, it. Well, I don't care. They can come knocking on my apartment door. Don, let me let me interject here. Silly Don, we won't be doing this show if he's president. We'll be in a sweatshop somewhere. <laughs> doing his I'll be right with you. Do. We have far worse things on our hands. Oh, you know, but I mean, you know, I, and also, you know, I read a cool interview the other day with uh, one of those retired military brass. Of course, they're freaked out because basically what Trump has done also is said, well we're gonna do we're gonna do torture that's worse than waterboarding and we're going to start killing Ugh. you know, if you're if you're the terrorist cousin we're going to kill you. That was a war crime. Yeah, under you're in trouble, any, but... any stretch of the imagination. And uh, and you know, several the the, the kind of retired military brass that said, you know, if he commands if he commands our soldiers to do those things, he's going to get there's going to be a military coup. Like they're not going to do it. <laughs> like, right. I hope so well, yeah, yeah, I hope so. There's some crazy dudes in the Marines. There are, there are. But at the end of the day, I mean, here's here's the real issue. I mean, what we are seeing is that um, for a long time, really starting in the 70s, in the 60s and 70s under Nixon, um, the Republican Party starts catering to, you know, they're like, well, we'll we'll grab the we'll grab the Democrats, the South lost. 
Well, it's like worldwide the South lose the Democrats <laughs> because they, you know we're not going to be racist anymore. So okay, you want those guys? Fine, take them. But what it really is, I mean, there was a really cool article in Vox this week about how it's really not a conservative liberal thing. It's about authoritarian personality type. And um, this is really scary. It first came to my attention back in 2006 when John Dean, who'd been Nixon's uh, AG, um, he wrote a book called Conservatives Without Conscience, and he was really um, looking at sort of the – do you know the book I'm talking about? I I know that that – that idea, yeah. Uh, I don't know that I've read the, the book. The, but... the authoritarian, yeah, the authoritarian personality con- construct is very much, you know, they're they're bigoted, they're punitive, they're violent, they're angry, and then then that's the authoritarian leader, and then you have another construct which is the author- authoritarian follower, and they're just scared of everything that's happening, and they're so scared of everything that's changing in their world. That any guy who steps up, I'm going to be a strong man, and I'm going to stand up for you, and I'm going to fight for you, and I'm going to stomp down all these forces that are scary. Right. And then a guy like Trump is what's called a double high authoritarian, because if he were to take the test, right, then he would score both high on the authoritarian leader and the authoritarian follower scale, which sounds odd. And so you realize that what that means is, is that not only does he see himself as the big guy who's going to crush everybody, followers to behave, you know, as yes men and sycophants and just be right in lockstep with him and never question. And it's like conservative, liberal, whatever, libertarian, green, all these things that we got out there, that's nothing compared to the authoritarian personality type. And and yeah. the fact of the matter is is that, in my opinion, because y'all know me, and everybody, I get this, this you know, kind of reputation of being some kind of unhinged liberal. But in many ways, I'm really quite conservative. And back in back in the 50s, I would have been considered that. But but it's because it's because the Republican Party. It's not just that they've insisted on maintaining some sort of conservatism, but it's that they have been consistently pandering to and grooming authoritarian personality types. And pushing them to high levels of leadership. Now they want to act surprised over Donald Trump. When Donald Trump, frankly, isn't saying anything that they weren't basically saying in coded language before, he's just saying it out loud. Bingo. Sorry, that's my rant. My rant on <laughs> no, your show. Sorry about that. No, you're, ab- but you're I can, absolutely I right. I could just kill a man. <laughs> yeah. You just took care of that. Man. You know, you're so, absolutely anyway, right. You know, and and at the end of the day, you know, um, people can say what they want. I'm hoping, you know, people. Oh, I've I've seen so many people saying, well, you know, if it comes between Trump and Hillary, I'm going to vote for Trump. And it's like, all right, fine, you can feel that way, but I want you to understand <laughs> when you do that that essentially. Um, people act like there's no substantive difference between the two. At the end of the day, you can say what you want to about Hillary Clinton, and there's, I mean, I think she's awful. Okay, I'm not going to lie. But you show me a politician who's gotten to the kind of level that she has over the course of a career who hasn't, who hasn't done dirty stuff and who hasn't um, 
who hasn't uh, compromised their integrity. Because you're not you're not going to find it really much. Not 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 in the levels that she's been to. But that's just my opinion. At the at the at the end of the day, if you want to say, well, you know, one is one is just as bad as the other. I I think I feel like that's a cop out. That's my personal opinion. And I know people could probably give me ten thousand good reasons. I mean, I love you know a lot of a lot of my fellow Christians. They bring up, well, you know, I mean, I'm pro life. Well, Donald Trump wasn't pro life until it was convenient about five years ago. A mm-hmm. and B, these people a lot of times who shout the most about how pro life they are, they're all about some death penalty. They're all about some yep. war. They're all about like I don't care about the conditions that like life can flourish in. You know, let's sell out the inner city. Let's not care that like Memphis. I don't know if it still does, but it's got the it's got the the infant mortality rate of third world country. There are third world countries with better infant mortality rates. People don't care about that. That's not a pro-life issue. Nuclear armament and nuclear proliferation, oh, those aren't pro-life issues. Ecology and the environment aren't pro-life issues, but they are, you know. So don't tell me you're pro-life because you won't kill the baby while it's in the womb, but as soon as it's born, hey, buddy, you're on your own. And in the first chance I get, I will kill you. <laughs> That's another rant. Sorry. Oh. I, haven't gotten, I haven't gotten to go on a good rant for a long while. But I'm just saying, these people who call themselves <laughs> pro-life, they need to, they need to, they need to step back. And because I mean, I agree. Like I'm, I'm against abortion. But you know who to blame abortion on? Don't blame liberal Democrats. You blame Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon was the one who created the political climate in which it was considered okay. And if you're listening to his tapes, he's like, well, that's just in case you know a white girl gets raped by a black guy. As if a that having a mixed baby is the worst thing that could ever happen to you. And B, it's assuming that it wasn't consensual, obviously, because he's black, and who would ever do that, right? So, you know, abortion policy as we know it, it's, it's a Nixon thing. And frankly, the, the conservative Protestant evangelical Christianity had absolutely nothing to say about abortion until the late 1970s, early 1980s, when they got Francis Schaeffer and T. Everett Koop to make make some videos, because frankly, if you go back and you read Christianity Today and a lot of these other evangelical Protestant publications from the 70s, they said, oh, we're not getting worked up about it because abortion is a Catholic issue. Okay? Now, what had happened, and most people don't know this, and you can Google this, it's true, I ain't lying to you. What most people don't know is that what was really at stake is that Jerry Falwell's buddy Bob Jones was in trouble. And he was in trouble with the government because he refused to integrate, but he was taking government money in the forms of Pell Grants, GI Bills, that kind of thing, for people I don't know why, to come get an education at his non-accredited school, but he refused to integrate, and so he was losing his tax-exempt status. And Falwell and company said, well, this is he's got religious freedom to discriminate. And then they realized very quickly that that wasn't an argument that the American public, after just having come out of 20 years of civil rights and all that stuff, was real sympathetic to. So then, then they found a new thing to latch on to was abortion. And, you know, and I'm, glad, I'm glad they did, but I, I think people need to quit lying to themselves about who and when and why the, why the thing got stirred up. Okay, I'm done. 
You could probably go all night, brother. Ted Cruz remains creepy to me. Everybody discuss. Uh, I don't think Ted Cruz is human. I think he's some sort of robot. Yeah, that's what I've been thinking. You know, Anybody else? I have heard the people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll just tell you this right here. I'd be a fan of voting them all out because I think they're all pretty much trash. Any of them that's been over up there more than 10 years at least. And uh, I don't care what anybody says. Uh, and, and, you know, I get it. I understand. But you know, we have to rise up and we have to do what's right and figure out what that is. But, you know, it's a lot easier to point and do all that. Oh, boy. Last time I heard an Alabama boy say we need to rise up, I got a little scared. <laughs> <laughs> Please be careful with that phrase. Yeah. That's not happening. That's, uh, Trust me, they're not going to let a white guy from Alabama do anything. Let's I know Travis is a that Hank Williams Jr. song, The South would have won. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, I mean, like Dixie, I still want to go. <laughs> These, hang on. Hang on, guys. Bear in mind the cultural conditions that I grew up in were not the South, okay? Completely unfamiliar with that type of music. Was was the song The South Would Have Won, We'd Have Had It Made, was that written as a joke, like to be funny? Partially? <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to tell for me. I think Hank Williams was probably pretty serious about it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he was expressing a legitimate, uh, a legitimate, uh, from his perspective, like a perspective that a lot of people that he knew shared, you know? <laughs> I mean, I mean, there, I mean, the, 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 there are, there are still people who call it the war of Northern aggression. <laughs> yep. So That's they, ridiculous. Um, Hang on. In their minds, they're living in what should be the CSA. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know. That's that's why, like, a couple years ago when when Hank Williams got in trouble for being on Monday Night Football and saying what he said about Obama, I'm like, (laughs) why is anyone shocked at this? I mean, it was like, it wasn't even a headline. To me, it was like, hmm. have you ever listened to this his music? Just, <laughs> I would say, this is just Hank Jr. being Hank Jr., you know. This is who he is. I mean, we just have a tremendous yeah, ability think, in America to romanticize literally everything until we mm-hmm. don't want to. Right. I, I just love that there's people out there that really think that the South is going to come back, that somehow the government's going to be like, Oh, wait a second. I guess you guys did have the right to um, to secede. All right. Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida. Who am I missing? Whoever else. You guys are now yeah. your own country again. Yeah, the South is going to win. They're going to win. The earth is flat. Uh, mm. Yes, the earth is got? flat. Goodness. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, after the discussion we just had for the last 30 minutes, uh, you probably would have a hard time arguing the fact that we would not not be better off. 
I swear I just saw Phil Donahue in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Phil Donahue is Phil Donahue. Oh, wait, he's not with us. I'm sorry. I swear to you, I saw him. Phil, Phil Donahue, man. That, it's crazy because, like, he's a big liberal. Phil Donahue is. He's a. I don't, you know, eh. Maybe he's a plant. <laughs> How many homosexuals in your neighborhood? <laughs> Boom. Uh, we love Phil Donahue on this show. Phil Donahue was like my childhood, like, white whale, okay? Because I didn't get to watch much daytime TV when he was on. Mm-hmm. And by the time I did, he was gone. Did you just say Phil right. Donahue is your white whale? Yes. Yeah, like because I always right? wa- Because no. here's the thing. I saw an episode of Phil Donahue on the very first vacation that I have, family vacation that I have memories of. We were in a comfort inn in Georgia. Okay. And Phil Donahue, his show is on TV in this hotel. And uh, I remember this kid who I guess he was out of control, and he's telling his mom, I'm going to pee on you. And being like <laughs> three or four years old, however old I was, I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. Apparently, we still think it's which funny. Of course, which, of course, my parents immediately told me, that's not funny. <laughs> Which I think if I if I ever have children and that we're in the same situation, I'm going to tell them, yeah, that's funny, but you better not do it. <laughs> your, parents not, your parents are clearly not NWO fans. No, no. You really. know, I I will say I will say this for being such a for, you know being such a big you know supposedly godless liberal. Uh, Phil Donahue had Iron Rand on his show one time. Believe it or not. And, he also um, had Vince McMahon and Dave Meltzer on his show. He did. The, the reason the reason I was going to talk about Ayn Rand, of course, all the all the you know these guys, the Republicans who claim to be you know like we're we're, we're big Christians, but we're, you know we really live by Ayn Rand. You know uh, Paul Ryan and those guys. Um, and Ayn Rand came out there and basically was like, I think everyone who believes in God is an idiot. <laughs> and Phil Donahue actually called it a task on it, which I thought was pretty awesome. You know. Everybody talks about, you know, all these godless liberals and yada, yada, yada. And Phil Donahue, who's like, you know, this this big liberal seal, you know, still like actually calls Ayn Rand out for saying that people are idiots for believing in God. So I, I was like, wow, i got to give him props. I wonder if this is on YouTube. I'd like to see this. The, what, the Phil Donahue, Ayn Rand interview? Yes, it is. Yep. At least it was a couple of years ago. It was a couple of years ago. Hmm. Check it out. Um, it was a, it was actually a pretty captivating conversation. Um, I guess this is before he he turned you know like prototypical Jerry Springer you know. <laughs> yeah, isn't it weird original. how like all that all that like turned that way like it, all these shows like Sally and uh, Oprah at all dole. <laughs> yeah, you know, like all these shows like started off as legitimate, and then they ended up, you know, geek to chic and uh, makeovers and all this stuff. It's like, what in the world? I think you're forgetting oh, that Oprah Winfrey stood on the shoulders of midgets earlier in her career, <laughs> and then moved on. 
Well, I think too part of it is um you know, there's there's three words I think I could I could uh, bring together for you. Morton Downey Jr. Yep. There you go. Because because once he got a talk show, right, people expected talk shows to look like that. I I must I must express ignorance. I do not know who Morton Downey Jr. is. (laughs) He um, he had a show or yeah, you can answer this part or no, go ahead. Well, he had a show back in the late eighties. Where and, and he played this kind of character of being this real tough, aggressive, um, you know, conservative guy, and he would blow cigarette smoke in your face, and he would intentionally create drama by like he would invite like the Black Panthers and the KKK to be on a panel together, right? And then you just you know, oh. and then the audience, the audience would start provoking them, right? As if as if it wasn't already tense enough. The audience would be like, you know, yelling, you know, at, at the at the at the guys who are already like the extremists, right? And basically, just to watch a fight break out. <laughs> wow, that's, that's where that Paul joke in Austin Powers time. came from. I get it. Yeah, Ron. Yeah, Ron. Ron Paul was actually on an episode of Morton Downey Jr. and, and Morton Downey Jr. Uh, was very mean to him. Yeah, he made um, the crowd boo Ron Paul. Who wants to boo Ron Paul? He's adorable. Yeah. Uh, oh, Buzz, were you going to talk about? Were you going to talk about that? Or you talk about the, the time that Morton Downey Jr. was uh, was it WrestleMania he was at where he was blowing cigarette smoke at Roddy Piper? Sounds right. Yeah. And then uh, Piper took the fire extinguisher to him. <laughs> yeah. And of course, interesting. Uh, Morton Downey Jr. died back in I think it was two thousand one of lung cancer. So there well. you go. Um, also, uh, someone who died of lung cancer, uh, the late, great Jim Varney. Yes, he did. Uh, Ernest P. Worrell. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, like, we, it, it is amazing that we, we captured in a really short period of time this incredible actor with this really weird and unique character that is not going to, like, last through, like, we are the last people that are going to see this. You know what I mean? The, it's right. not going to last. That, yeah, that, that people aren't going to, there's not going to be, like, this huge earnest contingent. There is, the yeah. kids that are growing up now have no idea and will never know who Ernest P. Worrell is. Well, my question is: Will they know who Ed Grimley is? You know, that was another character from the oh, 80s no. who I was quite attached Never. to. Never, you know. Never. Um, no. Pee Wee Herman is hanging on because he's still making. He just he's coming out with a movie, right? And he's still like, and because of the 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 scandal, he's right. you know the con- still the he's always going to be life a, that Paul Rubens has led. Yeah, yeah, he's always going to be. A, an interesting figure. Also, you know, Jim Varney died, so you know you can't bring back Ernest. So, I don't know. It's a really weird thing because, like, like I said, you know, he was a huge cultural like icon for a while in these commercials, mm-hmm. TV show, movie. Yeah. Yeah. My my goodness, you know, there's, I don't know if there was an action figure, but there sure should have been if there wasn't. You guys, I'm sure you guys there was. Make sure. 
you guys take me to task and make sure that my kid, you know, my future kids know Jim Varney, know the contribution he made to the world, and oh, yeah. further solidify my the chances of my child being beaten up and being an outsider. Yeah, I mean, if it, I had to go you know, through it, he should have to. Huh? Because if I went through it, he should have to also. I'll tell you what, my child's going to see every last one of those movies, including Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam. <laughs> Hold on for just a minute, guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay on the line with you. I'm taking my dog on a walk. No, go yeah. out here in Stockton, California. Come here, Gizmo. Tell us about Stockton, California. What, what What's the weather like right now? What's it looking like? Uh, highs this week have been in the 60s or 70s, lows in the upper 40s, lower 50s. It's kind of overcast today, but it's pretty much been sunny this week. I mean, um, you know, Stockton, I always tell people, you know, Stockton is in Northern California, and, uh, you know, it's, I mean, you know, it, it actually reminds me in some ways of, like, if you had a if you had a mid sized southern town with very poor city planning, that would be Stockton, California. <laughs> um, this area of the San Joaquin Valley, of course, it's, it's, it, the San Joaquin Valley in California really provides most of the fruits and vegetables that America eats. And we're here in the San Joaquin Valley and in, uh, in, in you know northern central California, and uh, you know at the end of the day. Um, I I call this area Calabama. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If you guys are producing all those fruits and vegetables, then uh, from the Fuzz and Travis show, we say Kanichiwa. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, Indeed. you're welcome. You know, I tell you, I tell you, it's really we're in a, we're in a mess because California's had this drought going on the past several years, mm-hmm. and the fact that the fact that uh, you know that the Central Valley area here in California is trying to really feed the whole nation, that really, that puts a strain on us, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. So, you know, everybody everybody always wants to scapegoat California for everything that happens. It's like, hey, we feed y'all. So, <laughs> is that, is, y'all should that be out. the, should that be the slogan, perhaps, then, of Stockton, California? When you drive into town, it's, there's a big sign, perhaps, you know, a beautiful sign that the, uh, Chamber of Commerce has gotten together to make and uh, I'm sure slapped a bunch of like Lions signs, you know, Lions Club signs and stuff like that on there. Welcome to Stockton, California. Uh, what was the phrase? We feed we y'all. Feed y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's you know, it's hilarious oh, because, you know, I people 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 are always asking me, where are you from? I'm from Alabama. You don't have an accent. Well, then how do you know I wasn't from here? Because you say y'all. <laughs> well, I say y'all, but I, I'm I'm really just uh, doing it ironically when I do it. See, I you know, I mean, I grew, I grew up in, and to me, y'all is a great word. I, did you see what I posted? Another thing I posted on Facebook today. The uh, I forget what it's called, but it's this version of the Bible that this guy has gone through. And, oh yeah. And every time it's the second person plural. You you know it it says y'all or youans you know or youth guys and he actually does it by di- by regional dialect, but just so you know wow. where in the Bible the you is plural and where the you is singular, because because you know in King James you had ye right, 
So anytime it says mm-hmm. ye, you know that means y'all. Oh boy, I think my dog. Yeah, my dog's chasing the duck. He's not a fan nice. of the duck. Yeah, don't eat the duck. We have ducks around. Like ducks. Well, you know, I live in this you know, apartment complex, and it's a it's a nice complex. And the, the one of the things that's like the the draw is that it's got a duck pond. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. Until like I realized that the sidewalks are covered in duck poop. Yeah. Oh, it sucks. Mm-hmm. That's how my neighborhood is. There's two ponds. Uh, there's one that just, you know, has like a little looping path around it, and then you just walk on back. Another one goes uh, right into the park that's uh, outside of my neighborhood. But to get through there, you got you to get around all the geese and all the geese poop. Hmm. I'm glad my dog is on a leash because he really just tried to take off after these ducks, and it's it's ridiculous. My dog is my dog is knocking on ten years old. He's a Yorkie and he has no teeth. <laughs> oh man! I take oh, it he doesn't, eat, uh, he doesn't exactly eat kibble, does he? he? You know, he will occasionally still eat kibble. We, you know, we, you know, he he eats a fair amount of the wet food too. You know, but How he's, does he still, eat he's still very teeth? fry. Well, he's got like he's got like it was kind of an exaggeration. He's got he's got one canine on each side, and a half set of molars. <laughs> oh, poor so, guy. Yeah. So he pretty much he eats one kibble at a time. Is what he does. It must take forever. Yeah, but he enjoys it. Still <laughs> enjoys it. Uh, it really well. And honestly, for for as old as he is, he's quite spry and active. You know, all these things runs around a lot. I'll tell you what. Everything Jamar is saying about his dog, we could say about him. He's quite spry for his age. He you know runs around <laughs> and uh, jumps and stuff like that. He's doing all right. He's missing some teeth, but you know, one kibble at a time. I think Fuzz and I agree. I think Fuzz and I agree that Ted Cruz has the Gene Chizik. Uh, Gene going on. Oh, the Gene Chizik mouth. Ugh. Ugh. The, the, the deal with Ted Cruz is this. Have you guys ever heard of the Uncanny Valley? No. It's this thing, it's this kind of idea that describes when you see something that almost looks human, but isn't <laughs> quite human, you get like this really kind of sick in your feeling, you know, stomach kind of feeling, yeah. and it's really yeah. creepy and unnerving. Okay, every time yep. I see Ted Cruz, it's, I go into the uncanny valley. Like, it's like, yeah. dude, you don't look like a real, like, you look like you've been sculpted out of something, and not very well. He looks like, you know, like, the puppets that would be on, like, Mr. Rogers back in the day? Like, yes, you human puppets. He looks like one of those. Is Jay more the fourth horseman here, guys? <laughs> Are you the fourth horseman? Just be honest. Am I the fourth horseman? What of the apocalypse? Yeah. Uh, maybe I don't think so. <laughs> he's either the fourth or he's uh, JJ Dillon. I never did understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's the four horsemen and I'm uh, more JJ Dillon. <laughs> definitely JJ Dillon. JJ Dillon. Yep. I mean, as long as you know, if you if you're going to make me the fourth horseman, just don't make me Mungo. You know. <laughs> All right, you're pulling um, Boom. Well, you do no. have a little dog. Oh, gosh. You do have a little dog. Uh, yeah, well, no. 
I guess I could be Ole. He's old and cranky. <laughs> there you go. I love I love Ole Anderson. He's great. Uh, you know, I think most wrestlers would disagree with you, but yeah. <laughs> Arn was far superior. You know, it's so crazy that they're not actually related because they look like they should be. That's what was always so great. It was just perfect. And then C.W. Anderson comes along in ECW, and he looks like he could be related as well. Mm-hmm. And then, of, of course, course, you got every podunk town having their own Anderson brother. I know, right? You know, and and WWE, thing, by the way, WWE uh-huh. just signed uh, Machine Gun Carl Anderson, who is uh, playing up to the uh, lineage of the Anderson family. You know, my favorite that that, that WWE did with a, with a fake lineage was Trevor Murdoch. Because he's supposed, to be, he supposed I, to be Dick I Murdoch. Saw him, I saw him in action last Saturday night. Oh, at the Harley Race show? He's the uh, World League Wrestling Champion. Huh. He really does look like he could be Dick Murdoch's son. He Well, you know, he started out as uh, Trevor Rhodes. Well, once again, that's kind of interesting because Dick Murdoch and Dusty Rhodes have been a tag team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when they first started out, of course, D- Dusty told off on uh, on um, Dick Murdoch about being in the Ku Klux Klan, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> um, references. It's almost like it's been in the news lately. <laughs> oh, I know, right? I love I love the fact I love the fact that that I've heard Donald Trump. Uh, you know, just go out and make all these, like, you know, blanket accusations about Hispanics, about Muslims, about women. But suddenly, like, the KKK is involved, and he's like, well, you know, I don't I don't want to be fair to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was another word. Let's, let's hear them out. You know? yeah. they may this have is one of those occasions where you can definitely just blast, a, like, a whole group of people, and no one's going to think ill of you. No, I'm gonna pull back. I better, I better save my estimation for later. I'm gonna save that one for when I need to push. When I need to push, I'm gonna throw it out there. Yeah. Well, according to, you know, I had a crummy earpiece. That's what he's saying now. I didn't hear what he was saying. You know, I don't even know who David Duke is. Huh? Crummy earpiece or crummy hairpiece? Earpiece. Oh, okay. You no, know, apparently, apparently he will occasionally pull back his his hair to expose his actual hairline to say, "No, this is my real hair." You know, <laughs> like, like it's just far just more as bad, far more confounding. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I mean, it's like Albert Einstein's hair is probably part of the reason why he would never get elected president. But then in this election, like everybody's just kind of okay with Donald Trump, like. Looking like that, and what? <laughs> like they don't even I allow mean, the president got... to have a, a mustache or a beard anymore. He has to be clean shaven. That's, I mean, that's pretty much I, I, what I... they force him to do. Have we had well, a president with facial hair since Taft? I don't think so. Roosevelt and Taft. Well, we don't know about Hillary. He might of. have some facial hair. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shot fired. Ooh. Well, you know, she does always wear pantsuits, so. 
course, Doc Brown. He's also Brown inspired the uh, Kim Jong Un uh, style. <laughs> what is that Kim Jong Un haircut? That's just ridiculous. I don't know, but Kim Jong Un and uh, Hillary Clinton are two crazy lesbians. <laughs> The way I look at it. I just want to go back and I just want Bernie Sanders to create a time machine or just come out and say he's Chris Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> I think the worst yeah, mistake when... he ever made was was saying the word democratic socialist. Hey Bernie, just don't say it. Don't See, say it. I, I think I think one of the interesting things, once again, that people don't know about our history, the Pledge of Allegiance was written by a socialist. You can Google that. It's true. A uh, guy who wrote it, I think his name was Bellamy, and he was a Baptist preacher and a socialist, which you couldn't have. You couldn't be both at once now, you know. He was probably a racist, and he wrote too, the, but who cares about that? I know. I don't think he actually was. But the other interesting thing is, even though he was a, even though he was a minister, he did not write the words under God in there. That was not added until the 50s when we were fighting the communists. Hey, man. So, you know. Um, Don't mess know, with people's traditions, JMR. Oh, I just think people need to know these things. Well, I agree. You know? I agree. Um, you know, because there there were there have been all kinds of all kinds of construals of the idea socialist that had nothing to do with with any national, you know, politics of you know, communists. Which I mean, in the history of, of the 20th century, you know, you look at you look at maybe maybe everybody except for maybe Cuba, but Cuba to an extent. But I mean, China definitely, Soviet definitely. They didn't even have communism; they had state they had state capitalism. So, I mean, we we may be closer to yeah, them in some Jeremy, respects than we realize. I mean, we, we we connect the dots, right? I mean, obviously, if you fly a flag with the stars and bars across it, you're obviously a blatant racist. <laughs> I mean, if you say socialist, and that's in the Nazi National Socialist Party, I mean, can't you connect the dots? I mean, we've got to reject it all. Uh, well, you know, I think we had that discussion when I made my Michael P.S. Hayes create a wrestler, you know. <laughs> and, uh, sentences that can only be uttered on the show. That one just now. That that should be a segment. Just <laughs> one sentence. I'll call it every time. You won't hear that yeah, anywhere because, else, because folks. Because you know, of course, he had his he had his big uh, Confederate flag. T- I mean, the sad thing is, is that actually, I think the stars and bars are beautiful. <laughs> yeah, good looking flag. You know, um, I I hate that I hate that uh, that the that the Klan ended up appropriating that symbol. Uh, it's the same thing. Though. I mean, the Nazis appropriated the, the swastika. I mean, yeah. you know. Um. That was that was an ancient religious symbol that oddly enough, like showed up in places all over the world that shouldn't have known each other, you know. Um, and, Alien. and Hitler Alien. ends up, yeah, I don't know, but Hitler ends up appropriating <laughs> it, and it, 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 it's just sad because in every in every culture that had used it before and it, for religious meaning, you know, it had these these ideas of health and beauty and life and fertility and. You know, just like good stuff, right? And then Adolf Hitler's like, "I'm going to make this the sign of killing Jews." <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Ruin it for everybody. And like, it, that's never going to change. 
Ever. No, you're like you can't take it back. Like you can never, you can never reclaim it, right? Like you can never, you can never fix it. Like he ruined it forever. I think that's where we're getting with the uh, Confederate flag. I really like do I think that's I, where we're getting. Hmm. Somebody else is wearing. You think that what? One of the other. Um. Anyway, I don't know. It's uh. When do you think they take Ted Cruz's batteries out? <laughs> that's a good. That's a good question. I do they take his batteries out, or like does he go on a charger stand at night? Yo, has he got rechargeable batteries? I don't know. Or does he get his battery service at the same place that Dick Cheney does? Oh, hey, there you go. <laughs> Why isn't Shepard Smith ever involved in these debates? I don't know. I think it'd be funny if they got somebody really off the wall, like uh, was it Brian Kilmeade or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 let's do it better. Weird Al. <laughs> you can ask, ask each of the candidates what's their favorite type of cheese. <laughs> 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 Oddly enough, I'm I'm going to be heading down to the Pepperdine lectures in May, and every I've heard that every once in a while you can catch a glimpse of Weird Al at the Pepperdine lectures. What's up, partiers? What kind of night is it? <laughs> we got to work on that Space Diesel video. Weird Al taking notes at the Pepperdine lectures. That's when we need to send Billy Smith out there and be like, Weird Al, save us. This is what we learned from. Ah! <laughs> oh, man. We get him the message, so, okay? He sees Billy Smith and he goes, Hey, Billy, your students got a hold of me. I only got two words for you. Eat it! <laughs> Yeah, instead of that, that they always had like that 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 picking and grinning or whatever at uh, the Freed Hardman. Oh, that was real with help. But like you know, instead instead they have Weird Al come on and perform My Bologna. <laughs> or you know, like a surgeon. You, wanna, <laughs> you, you oh man, you want to you want to pack the pews? You got Weird Al. Oh yeah. Service. I because you know I used to always joke that anybody who's ever been to a church service ever who's over the age of sixty like comes to the Freed Hartman lectures, but I don't think that's <laughs> quite true. I think it's only I think that's only if you're east of the Mississippi. Every time, every time it snows and there's like all these like frail old people on walkers, you know, or like barely standing up and like <laughs> eating Gano food, no snowballs. Huh? Eating Gano food, no less. Yes, eating Gano food. And kids are like throwing snowballs and like making makeshift sleds out of uh, you know uh, gano trays and and you know and like narrowly narrowly avoiding like you know knocking you know octogenarian ladies down and I'm I'm always amazed at how how popular the Fried Hartman lectures remain <laughs> and, and like half the people there probably more than that don't even like learn anything while they're there. But then they tell every last one of those guys, you know, preaching up there. Yeah, it was a very, very nice lesson, and uh, we appreciate your heart. And 
we'll, we'll, we'll just, we thank you for that, and we'll be seeing you over in the cafeteria for uh, dessert. I believe they have jello and uh, <laughs> pudding. <laughs> well, you know what? And I I really shouldn't diss my alma mater. Even though if they would take my Bible degree from me, I'm sure if they could, but I'd be like, hey, I'd give it back to you since I'm gainfully employed as a minister now. I'd give it back to you if you forget all my student loans. Yeah. But, oh, you know, but man. but in all, in all seriousness, you know, I think that'd be a fair trade. But seriousness, I mean, um, I do not, I don't want to, I don't want to trash my alma mater. Um, Why? But that we owe to the, but, uh, well, but the thing is, is that people who go to the Freed Hartman lectureships, you, you you said, well, they didn't learn anything. They don't want to learn anything new. They want to go to have what they've been told their whole lives reinforced. And mm-hmm. then and then other other people go for the the afternoon cage match, which is open forum. To oh, hear, open you know, the best. To to hear to hear like Garland Elkins and 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 Ralph Gilmore like get into get into like these verbal sparring matches, you know. Or open to hear match. to hear some old to hear some old preacher compare pornography addiction to fishing. You know, don't you sometimes says, you know, when you're you know you're fishing, you're like, huh? Our conversation has come full circle. Garland Elkins was actually on the Donahue show. No way! Oh, he was, wasn't he? He was. He was, wasn't he? Back in the eighties, when that when that chick was suing the church over uh, withdrawing fellowship from yeah. her, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did I ever tell you guys about the time when I accidentally took a youth group to Rubel Shelley's crazy mega church in Nashville? What? <laughs> I didn't hear about this. So you took a, you took a, you took a, you took a youth group accidentally to Woodmont Hills? Yes. So awesome. I didn't really know who Rubel Shelley was. I, mind you, I did not grow up in the South. I did not even grow up in the church. So I didn't really know who he was. I just knew that he was somebody who had gone a little liberal and was not allowed on the campus of Freed Hardman University anymore per <laughs> Billy Smith or something of that nature. Welcome to the club. Yeah. So, so you're right. So we're in Nashville, and we're uh, trying to find a place to go to church, and I stumble upon his church, and it sounded all right, you know. They called their elders shepherds, which I thought was pretty cool. My church does that, you know. Um, my church that I was uh, attending at the time didn't, but, you know, I thought it was cool. And I was like, you know, it might be a, a bigger place, and we can kind of just kind of fade in and not draw too much attention to ourselves. You know, we're just in there helping out the uh, disaster relief warehouse, you know, not trying to make everything a little too crazy. Low key. Mm-hmm. So. We get in there, and myself and the youth minister go to the adult class. Kids go to the youth group class. Not five minutes later, I get a text. We left. Oh, boy. I was like, what in the world happened? So we – like, they're asking us in this class who we are. To talk about who we are for a minute, introduce ourselves. Then we are like, oh, by the way, 
We gotta go. <laughs> Something happened with our kids. I'm sorry. So we get out to the parking lot and the kids are freaking out. Where did you bring <laughs> us to? This was crazy. I and I don't remember exactly what was going on, but like the they turned the lights off and all this, and there was like all this music, and there's like some big countdown. And I'm like, what in the world? I'm like, I didn't know what's going on. I'm sorry. So we ended up having church in the hotel room that day. Nice. That was very cool. Oh, you know, that that's really that, – did any of y'all ever work for the phonathon at Freed Hardman? Because I got a Ruble Shelley story, mm, too. No. No, y'all, I never did. Yeah, because the, the phonathon, of course, is where you where you cold call alumni Ugh. and beg for money, right, for donations. Ugh. And when I first the came to Freed, that was my imaginable. <clears throat> that was my job. And one night, I'm noticing that among the other phonathon uh, workers, there's like all this like panic breaking out. I'm like, what's going on? And they, of course, now I'm I'm known as the resident liberal. The next thing I know, they're like just slamming a, a slice of paper. On my in my cubicle, and I'm like, what, what's going on, guys? You need to make this call. And I look, and it's Ruble Shelley. And so nobody nobody wants to cold call Ruble Shelley because I guess they're afraid that lightning is going to come through the phone line and devour their brains or something. So I call Ruble Shelley, and of course he's like, well, I'm I'm really not in a position to give right now. Which is like, no, that's fine. I, I was like, dude, I totally understand. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. So yeah, I got they. They literally they passed around his alumni profile like a hot potato, right? And then handed it to me. I don't understand if he's not well, allowed on campus. Why would they call him for for a donation? See, I don't. You know, here's the thing: the last time that Ruble was on campus, and my understanding is not that he's not allowed on campus anymore. My understanding is that he refuses to ever set foot on campus again. Because the last time that he came was, I think, 1986, and they sent him this thing because he's already a controversial figure because in 1984 he published a book called, uh, I think it was like, I Just Want to Be a Christian, you know. And anyway, uh, he, brought a, he brought a dude named Monroe Hawley, who's a longtime elder in, um, I think, in Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, and and it was supposed to be a discussion between him and Holly and I think maybe Alan Hires and William Woodson on the conservative side. And basically he came thinking that this was going to, which I think is kind of goofy that he did, but he came, I think, under the impression that it was going to be a gentleman's discussion. And instead it became just like, we're, going, we're just here to assassinate Rubel Shelley's character. Um, mm. I think you can actually get a transcript of that event. I think it's called the Restoration Movement and Unity. I think you can get it at the Freed Hardman bookstore. I'm pretty sure Sam Hester's publishing house was the was the ones responsible for uh putting it. But I mean it was just mean and my understanding is that after after he felt that he had been lured to campus under false pretenses and then, you know, basically just to just to, you know, get tore into by, by the Freed Hardman guys that he, he felt that was disingenuous, he was deeply hurt, and he vowed never to step foot on campus again. I got gotcha. you. That, that, was, that was, you know, and it could be somewhere in the middle. But, of course, keep in mind, Free Hartman is the one who back in the 50s actually had Leroy Garrett arrested during lectureship. So <laughs> <laughs> why, why was that? 
Uh, Leroy Garrett was an alum and a very popular guy when he was there. He was uh, president of Sigma Rho, the uh, captain. When being president of Sigma Rho meant something. Um, captain of the debating team, you know, and um, but he had gone. He had kind of he kind of drifted off into, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of a simple church kind of format with no located preachers. Um, he was starting to flirt with um, with with fellowshipping people who were not necessarily part of the Church of Christ, and um, had had kind of hooked up with another controversial figure of the time, which was Carl Ketcherside. And anyway, he was actually traveling through town. He made a detour to come to Free Hartman lectures, and as soon as he showed up, my understanding is that the president of the university told him he, he better leave, and he's like, "I'm not doing anything." And he's like, well, you better not, you better not, you know, be bothering people with your uh, divergent views. And he's like, okay, fine. Well, some boys from uh, some some preacher boys wanted to hear him to make sure that they understood his positions fairly, and invited him. I think over it was either to a, an off-campus housing that the university technically owned, or in Paul Gray or something. But they invited him over, and when he came over, and he was on his way over, like the president of the university said, well, if you do this. I'm going to have you arrested. He says, what for? Uh, disturbing the peace. I mean, how am I disturbing the peace? You're disturbing the peace by being here. And anyway, um, Leroy Garrett was basically like, whatever. I'm, I'm, you know, these boys invited me, and I'm going to go talk to them. And sure enough, uh, they came through and actually had Leroy Garrett arrested. And um, he, he spent a couple of nights in the, uh, in the, in the county jail. And then, and then a Fried Hartman official literally came and bailed him out and sent him on his way after lectures were over. But it was it was done very intentionally, simply to shut him up so that he wouldn't be <laughs> causing a disturbance at the Fried Hartman lectures. That was back in the mid fifties, mid to late fifties. Do you know everything? Huh? Do you know everything? No, no, not at all. And the more, the more I learn, the more it just tells me what I don't know. Is this Is show still going on? I think so. <laughs> I lost consciousness about an hour ago. <clears throat> Sorry. 